This is the official HITS training and consulting podcast. We are America's law enforcement canine training resource. We're raising the training bar for police dogs everywhere by discussing the intricate details of the training techniques used by the experts. HITS radio is merging the training world with the real world. You've been there. We've been there too. Welcome to Hits Radio. I'm your host, Jeff Meyer. Today, I've got uh, Cameron Ford on here. Cameron's been a frequent guest of mine, a good friend of mine. I uh, uh, do a lot of different things with Cameron, with dogs over the years. And uh, I've been talking to him quite a bit about some new detection stuff that Cameron's doing. So I want to bring him on here and basically just pick his brain a little bit about what he's doing with some detector dogs now. And what the idea is that I think in this day and age, the more different uh, ideas we can do to make our dogs be of use to our agency, the better we're sitting as, you know, the changes of uh, keep coming. So we don't know where everything's going to end up shaking out, but I just really encourage everybody to really look at their program and think of, is there any other new tools, new technology, new ideas that they can add into their own unit and able to make them more valuable? So, uh, you know, a lot of these agencies I know ours included, you know, we're strapped for people right now. So if they need to start removing bodies from canine, you know, make sure that your dog is one of the ones that's getting the most work. Make sure that all your dogs are getting work if you're a supervisor so they go on to some other special unit. Uh, That's all I'm kind of thinking about is just uh, really keep looking at all the different new ways we're using detector dogs. See if there's a fit for your agency. So that's why I want to bring Cameron on. We're going to talk quite a bit about uh, dogs that find electronic media. So how are you doing today, Cameron? I'm doing good, and thanks for having me back on. Oh, yeah. Always a good time to have you on. And I know we've talked about this quite a bit, so I'll just give you the mic. And why don't you uh, just, for everybody that's listening, go over how you got into this and then talk about some of the... I know it's kind of grown past what you thought it would be within, what, about a year that you started doing this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so if you'll just kind of explain how you got into it and, and where where it took you to today. Sure. So... Like you said, electronic storage media detection dogs, or ESM is kind of the acronym that most are starting to use, has been around for, you know, I would say five, six, seven years, maybe longer than that. It got notoriety or got popular after the Jared Subway case in which FBI had basically done some work uh, with a CI, and that CI had exchanged images with Jared of juveniles in some type of sexual encounter and so forth. So when they raided his house, the FBI crime lab searched his house for, I want to say it was a day or two, and had not found the devices that he had stored these images on. So one of the uh, agents decided, hey, I heard there's a uh, guy that's got a dog that can do this. Can we contact him and have him come out? So sure enough, they did. And then within a very short period of time, it was, you know, hours or, you know, under an hour, whatever it was, found the items hidden in Jared's house pretty quickly. And of course, that made the case and then got popular. So uh, there's a few more high profile cases that was used. And that was kind of what kicked off those dogs. And then and from I guess that I'm going to jump in. I guess, interestingly enough, weren't they found like in a wall socket or something like that? I think it was something a, like that. A baseboard. Yeah. Yes, it was not. It, obviously, it was hard enough that the crime lab from the FBI that was there for a couple of days hadn't located it. So the dog definitely made the case by locating those items of evidence that obviously made the sure. conviction of Jared a lot more easy to do. 
So, you know, from from that point, I believe the biggest one in the United States, Connecticut State Police, used their chemists and they kind of honed in on a chemical that's common in electronics, and that's called TPPO. There's a very long name to it. I'm not going to even try to pronounce it, but basically it's an agent within most electronics and it's used for, I want to say soldering or kind of holding together. It's an adhesive glue-ish soldering type chemical. Uh And that was what pretty much, and it's still today, is in the United States anyway, known as the main thing that people should train on to find electronic media devices. However, fast after this has been going on, let's say for a few years, in the past three years, the Dutch police conducted their own research. They reached out to Connecticut State Police, asked them what research specifically with dogs, along with chemistry, did they do to find this answer? And like I said, the information was, well, the chemist told us this is what's prevalent. But the Dutch wanted to know what do the dogs find? Sure, sure. So... The So after a couple of years of research, what the Dutch were able to determine at their forensic canine program was TPPO was not what the dogs used to spontaneously generalize to electronics. It was actually something different, which is I, 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 just for sake of uh, confidentiality with sure. uh, this yeah. information. There's basically two other chemicals that are prevalent that if you train on these two other chemicals, the dogs do have a much higher spontaneous generalization to electronics than the TPPO. So what I did, you know, how I got more involved was I applied what the Dutch police did over here in the United States, and I did it for some large agencies in Southern California, and these dogs performed the same way and did even better than we had hoped that that matched the Dutch system. So basically we were the first that I know of besides Europe that have taken what the Dutch did, did it over here, replicated it, and had basically the same results. Okay, so, so let me let me just stop right there. Yeah. So you've, you've imprinted upon an odor, and I assume people that are listening, they can contact you directly and you can kind of give them Correct. a little more Correct. If you're a law enforcement I can share the information yeah, so, with you, no problem. So you can contact Cameron directly. He'll kind of give you w- ways to imprint the dog. So you imprinted them. The agency took the dog, and the idea there is is at the time... Were they thinking cell phones in jails? Were they thinking child porn cases? Or what yeah. What was their, their hope at the time? And what did you think they were going to be using the dogs for? So, yeah, like you just said, most people, when they think of electronic detection dogs, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, cases against children, child sure. porn, any type of sexual type, you know, function for a dog to find evidence. And it goes way beyond that. There's, you know... Digital dust is what the best way to describe what we have today. Every person leaves digital dust out there. And what that means, it's cell phone, SD cards, micro SD cards. Any electronic device you're using, we leave bits of information. And depending on different types of criminal activity, so now with the advent of cryptocurrency, uh, you have numerous narcotic transactions being done over crypto versus currency because it's a whole lot easier to get crypto codes across borders than it is getting loads of cash. And the biggest difference, this is a key factor, was for the cartels or any major drug or criminal aspect, this is the using cryptocurrency is the only system in which they may actually gain more money as they wait for these codes to arrive to them versus waiting for currency to arrive to them. 
currency could get seized. So they're, they're, they always ride in a loss. Sure. Obviously, they sure. know there's going to be X amount of percent that won't get to them. But with cryptocurrency and crypto codes, while this little micro SD card with tons of codes on it gets to them, the market can significantly change, which means their money, let's say, went from $3 million to $6 million just because of the time it took them to get yeah. the codes. So yeah. They made more money. It's the only system in which they'll make more money. So now we've got a narco aspect to this. And when I've talked to many officers who are either canine handlers or just officers that are proactive on the road, I've asked them, are you seeing a increase on your searches, whether it be cars or houses and so forth? Are you seeing an increase in SD cards, micro SD cards, thumb drives, as you've noticed with sure. your desktop? And a lot of them are going, you know, now you say that, there is. Or search warrants, and you, you and I had this conversation. Yeah. There's, you know, a lot more of these devices that weren't initially written into a potentially a search warrant that now need to be collected because this is critical information that's being held on these devices that makes or breaks a case, you know, yeah. just like the subway case. Yeah. So this is, it's critical to now have this tool. So whether it be financial crimes, whether it be narcotics crimes, the crimes against children, the sexual aspect of it, to also going into white collar, you know, money laundering. There's a number of different things now that we can use these dogs for and the lessons learned, like the Dutch police now have these subcategories. So if you're an electronics detection dog handler, you go to these intel briefings and get information about the subject because there's that profiling aspect. People of a sure. white-collar criminal aspect hide things a certain way as opposed to a sexual criminal, how they're going to hide these devices. Sexual cases, they want to keep it close to the, closer to them so they can go find it. Uh, and use yeah. it and get it frequently where somebody might be white collar are going to put it on something that they don't own, a property that's not sure. associated to them, things of that nature. There's also the terrorism aspect. As many of us know, one of the biggest grabs of intel comes from media devices. Like when they hit bin Laden, yeah. the treasure trove of all this information. So a lot of agencies in these bigger cities that I've worked with, NYPD, LA County, all of these utilize dogs to help us gain information on also terrorism aspects, you know, information being shared, plans, so on and so forth. So digital dogs and this digital dust that's out there is critical for us to utilize this tool, a dog, to help us locate these things that's something the size of a thumbnail. You know, yeah, a micro SD card, card yeah, can hold a terabyte of information. It's not any bigger than your fingernail. Yeah. So and like you said, too, this carries into phones. You know, these dogs that are trained on these two chemicals I was talking about alert also to phones, to USB chargers. So they're being used in correctional facilities like they've always been. Phones have been, as you know, yeah. you know, that's a common thing. But people were training on the phones and lithium, the batteries, puts off a very strong odor. And that's fine. That's good. That's that's relevant item. But a dog that can do both of those things, find the items that have a uh, charging, which will have lithium battery probably to it. And then the other chemicals that help us locate media devices makes a big difference. So, so what you're, so what you're saying is, I mean, you're seeing the use, you know, has gone from, uh, from Jared, the subway pervert. Uh -huh. Now it's, you know, it, obviously there's terrorists that might use it. The cartels are using it. So these departments that may be invested for one of these three or four or five reasons are realizing there's crossovers 
And now the dog is getting utilized in, you know, lots of different, you know, detect, detective bureaus across their agencies. So they're seeing more, more payback for their initial investment. And oh, I, think, huge. I think you said several I mean, departments are coming back to you for more dogs now even. Oh yeah. It, it's, it's a cascading effect. Not only that, we have government, you know, three letter agencies now that employ these dogs uh, quite extensively. I mean, take example of Super Bowl. And I guarantee everybody that watched Super Bowl remembers this commercial. Remember that commercial that lasted for 60 seconds where that QR code bounced around the screen like the old DVD codes, you know, the DVD yeah. logo would do? Yeah. That was a QR code for a cryptocurrency website. Probably the most effective you know, commercial sure. because everybody it, it crashed the website because so many people scanned the QR code to go to that. So QR codes are a major link now to criminal activities. And you have to store this information. Most don't want to store it in a cloud. Clouds can get hacked. Yeah. But you store it onto a media device. This can be changed hand to hand, uh, mailed, etc. And this, you know, criminal information activity, whatever it is, stored on these devices needs to be found. It's critical information to yeah. make or break a case. Yeah. So, you know, another funny example was when the I was learning this stuff. The guys were saying. If you go to some of these, you know, I'm in Vegas, so the high-end strip clubs, you go overseas to the same kind of places. Sure. Even prostitution now, to get around some of the prostitution laws, they, the women will put QR codes and glitter on their arms. And you can just scan their QR code with your phone and pay them that way. So there's no more, another No more example. dollar bills. No more dollar bills. Here. No more dollar. We're not making it rain with dollar bills anymore. We're making it rain with, with codes. So... This is why it's important. Again, you know, I me and you had this conversation before where I was joking around. We are in this with, with cryptocurrency. We are in the same stage today that many of us were in when the internet first started. Sure. And we saw that little at symbol and everybody was like, what the hell yeah. is this at symbol yeah. thing? And that, you know, the beeping noise like a fax machine to get online. Yeah. And everybody was like, I don't know if I'd ever do an email that, that makes no sense. I yeah. can just call somebody. <laughs> well, yeah, look where we're at now. Now it's an everyday thing. So, it, so crypto yeah. will be the same. So the it seems like the need is is there and getting better. And I think that's it's like any new uh, detector thing is going out and explain to your agency what you have and all the detectives might utilize you. Let's talk about the training aspect. And I, I, mm -hmm. I know you were saying that there's a fairly proprietary odor that you can mm -hmm. imprint your dog on. My question then is, is like I'm sitting here in my office and I'm looking around and I have this recorder yep. that we're recording this on, my computer. <laughs> I've got so much electronic crap in here that yep. if I if I had my hidden thumb drive anywhere mm -hmm. in here, isn't it going to be difficult for that dog if he's only finding the portable media? How is he going to work past my cell phone and all the stuff across my desk? Yeah, no, that's it's a great question. So one of the things that we also teach, and that's the big aspect I did when I go around and I work with these agencies, is there is a pre-search thing that has to be done. So your search team, so your investigators, come through that space. So a lot of these are used more frequently with probation violations. So a lot of these people on probation aren't allowed to have any type of electronic device. So what the investigators do is they go through the space, everything they can get their hands on, they remove all of these items that they can see. So like you said, all of those electronic items that you see in that space are removed and taken to what they call like, like a accountability yeah, area. So that yeah. individual goes through devices like remote controls because in one specific case, the guy knew that they would take these items out. So he put the micro SD cards in the remote control 
not thinking that like sure. basically a might open up the remote yeah. control and find it. Well, luckily enough, in this case, the dog kept pulling to the pile of electronics and the handler wrote it off a couple times. And then like, this is weird. Let me have my dog go back to it. So his dog goes back to it. He opens it up and sure enough, two micro SD cards fall out. So there's a procedure that we teach about setting up the area prior to bringing sure. the dog in to search it. And like you said, you are still going to have indications where the dog is correct. It's a located a electronic device. Yeah. It's your job to say whether this is, you know, malignant or malign, yeah. benign. Yeah. You know, is this something that's relevant or not relevant? So it, it's a huge time saver in that aspect. It's, like I said, those things are so small that that the human can miss a lot of things that the dog may not. Yeah. Now, yeah. You, you bring up another good point within that is, these are also very low vapor pressure items. So it is critical that you work really good with your search team because dogs aren't perfect either. Yeah. So we sure. have to do a good job of you know hand searching the area and then bringing the dog in to do this. But the teams working together have been very successful, more so than, than they were when they didn't have that item available to oh, them. Sure. They didn't have the sure. dog. So. That's an important aspect as part of the training and working of the dog is the education aspect of how to search the area before you deploy a dog into it. Well, and, and you're looking for such a very, very small amount of order. I mean, it's, I think it's, I would like equate it to finding a shell casing in a football field, which we can do. Mm -hmm. The only difference is the football field is just grass and it's not yeah. a lot of you know contaminated odor. Yeah, no, and, and elevated fines, you know, like let's say hiding the micro SD card up in an AC vent or something like that. Or this is, again, where your search team has to be skilled at their jobs sure. and do these good checks and don't get lazy. The dog is going to really enhance that, this ability because, like I said, there's we, we have case after case after case where we can demonstrate where dogs have been much more successful at locating these hidden items where the human missed which is you know, yeah. an important aspect. And are you seeing most of these dogs, are they single-purpose uh, detection dogs? Is anybody doing a dual-purpose? Yes. Excellent question. So one of the most important things is I get asked frequently, can I make this drug dog also an electronics dog? And this is well, more I was thinking, out of... I was thinking like, a patrol. No, like, I know. I, know yeah, you okay. yeah, I was going to hit both of them. <laughs> but yeah, so the first part was, can we have a dual odor dog? Can this dog that does, let's say guns or money yeah. also do electronics and then the dual purpose aspect dogs that do bite work and detection of electronics sure. so out of the two categories bite dogs that do electronics is more successful than doing a dog of multiple odors so because what happens is once we teach let's say a, a dog on firearms or currency and then we also want to use the electronic aspect the dogs that are trained in this other item of odor that's stronger becomes the dogs what they look for. They have more success in finding this. If we just focus on the only odor this dog is trained to detect is electronic, we have no we've seen a lot less problems. Okay. So I always tell these agencies, stay away from doing two different types of odor disciplines, with one of them being electronic and one being something else, because the other items are going to be typically far more salient odor wise than the other. Okay. I, that's a good thing about, you know, I think if you listen to our last podcast, the good thing about when we've, you know, you and I have been around a long time, that's a point where we can probably agree to disagree. Cause I think, uh, have, you know, I, like I said, I have a dog that does uh, currency and guns mm -hmm. and he doesn't favor either one of them when he's searching. No, he's I'm good with for, it. But uh, the electronics, we've seen a 
significant drop off when we did the test because yeah. there's been they tried this and it's the unique aspect of the electronics being so low threshold. It just doesn't trip their trigger you, if they have a different you, option. Exactly right. Okay. So they they intentionally go in they're looking but then they start looking for the more salient one. Yeah. That's the only that's the big difference. I totally agree with you with the firearm explosive because we have pretty strong salient yeah. things. The caveat out of this was the target odor of the other discipline is so low that the reinforcement schedule is what yeah. becomes the problem, the, the dog getting something. But has anybody done a, a patrol electronic media dog? Yes, there have been that, and they've had good success with that. You, you know, Again, it's they're the lower numbers, so there needs sure. to be more to say you know, what you'll get out of it. Uh -huh. But there hasn't been any listed significant negatives from that. Okay. So I think the more that they get out there, we might see pluses or minuses. But I'm going to go out there and say that might be re, you know, to the individual dog. Sure. Oh, and handler and skill and all yeah, that. Yeah, correct. There's Cover. a lot of variables there that yeah. I wouldn't say is the odor problem. It's the these other factors. Yeah, like we talked about, you know, the previous podcast. Are you? Is there anything different you would do if uh, you know if, if I called you today and I said, Cameron, I need you to train me up a dog. I'll buy as a finished dog. When you go to selection test that dog, is that anything different that you're doing on uh, for the detection dog than if I told you I want a gun dog, bomb dog, whatever for this like, yeah. crime media? That's a great question, too. So, yes, when it comes to electronic media dogs, what we look for is a dog that's a little more meticulous, a little bit more focused at, you know, their search work versus a dog that runs around, you know, you know, waiting for the odor to hit in space like they're faster dogs. That's pretty good for, it's like you said, like firearms, narcotics, sure. sometimes explosives. Yeah. We need a dog who has a propendency to be more focused on a detailed type of search pattern. Yeah. And that naturally can, you know, also we need to sometimes present to them, hey, like check this little corner because they're, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm not a big, huge guy that's like detail like crazy, but this kind of work, we do need a dog yeah. that can get highly focused on very, very, very small areas, take direction pretty good work a lot of sniffing in a very small space. So let's say there might be some people that have seen videos online where these dogs are searching for little pieces of Kong or whatever, and those dogs will sniff like crazy, like one yeah. side of a car. It's sure. taking like five minutes to search that one side of the car, but man, it is a you know, really good search. And that's very similar to what is successful in this kind of work too, because again, with an item that is so small, that you need something that the dog can can kind of pin, you know get good at searching very in a pointed sure. way versus so like brings, running around yeah. aimlessly with a, with a nose up in the air. Brings to me another question then would be, you know, if you're going to go do a a three thousand square foot you know four bedroom house with a finished basement, that's either going to take one dog, you know, I could do that with a, a currency dog, you know, mm -hmm. fairly quickly because mm -hmm. I'm looking for yeah. large amounts of money mm -hmm. or a gun dog or whatever. That's yeah. a one dog search all day long. Um, I, mm -hmm. The way you're describing that, I'm either going to have to put my dog up a few times or bring a couple because I just can't imagine doing that detailed of a search. Yeah, I'll give you an house. Perfect. I'll give you an example. So again, recently there's a uh, I don't want to give out too much information, but there's a well known individual celebrity who's under the uh, scrutiny of legal right now in regards to the again this case is a, is a sexual related case. And they're searching his mansion. They needed all four electronic media dogs to, you know, sure. to complete the search of this mansion. And like you said, they broke it off into sections. 
and each dog did its section and some dogs like overlapped with each other over time. So this was a search warrant conducted, hands-on searches yeah. done initially, yeah. dogs followed up. And in this case, you know, a dog found, and again, an item of evidence that was basically well hidden yeah. with yeah. intent in a sofa. Nice. So again, it was missed by hands-on searches found by the dog. Again, by doing what you said, the joke I make is how do you eat an elephant? Well, you do that one bite at a time. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. Yep. The, it, the, these dogs do have to, we have to set a plan. You know, you have to create yeah. a search plan. Okay, what do I have? How are we going to do this? Okay. And very similar to how we worked uh, as an instructor with being Naval Special Warfare, when they would do hits of a target, they have what's called SSE. And this is just a procedure. I'm not going to get into, again, details on it. But it's a procedure in which you go through, search a compound or a place, and you label, let's say the we call it a room labeler. The room, the guy writes on the yeah. let's say the, the yeah. frame of the door, room number, whatever, who did it, and who was in there. And then those that that identification gets put on any bag that you take from that space. Sure. So the the plan is made ahead of time, so the dog, the handler knows they're going to search room yeah. one, room two, room three, and they're going to do so within the appropriate times they have available, and they're going to do the best job they can based on those conditions sure so you're right it's not as easy as let me just bebop through room to room to room looking for a really salient odor like you said narc currency yeah. you know firearm etc this one has to be you know like i said walk through removed items and then go bring your dog in and go search it so but it's critical because this the this information that's so much harder to get these days because of how well you can conceal it yeah you yeah. know but this Evidence that's found through the dogs many times is critical to make or break the case, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. yeah, it's a forensic aspect. And that's what I would say is probably some of the biggest things that we're seeing change within our industry with detection dogs. It's no longer, or it won't be longer, a, a, a dog industry highly focused on narcotics and explosives. We it's now not, have yeah, a, It's not about probable cause now. It's about a search no. tool. We are we are morphing into a forensic tool for law enforcement. Yeah. The dogs are a sensor, and we can use these sensors to find electronic media, blood, currency, firearms. You know, like you said, down to a shell casing. These are all ways that we can collect evidence with this amazing tool, the dog, that makes a critical difference in success of cases versus like we've been doing safety and probable cause. Yeah. Well, now it's evidence collection, evidence preservation, making a case, investigatory tools, yep. things of that nature. And I can tell you from my own experience, when we started the the unit, when I started the unit I'm in now with our, our dogs, the first time I went and found a shell casings, I remember even our deputy chief lost his mind over it. And you, these, are, these are, in an agency the size of mine, you don't hear from a chief. And I got a, he came down and I got a handshake from him saying, this is awesome, you found these shell casings. Because we had never done that before. It had never mm -hmm. happened. And now I don't really think that, you know, for a very long time, long after I'm gone, that our department will be without dogs that can find guns and shell casings because mm -hmm. we had, you know, good success at the beginning, which bred some more success. So I could see that same thing happening with this type of, you know, these this portable media is not going away. The electronic stuff no. is is here to stay, the cryptocurrency. So I, I guess when, when I listen to all the different aspects that you're outlining here's a key point is that you know there's some people who are listening to this that are very good dog trainers tons of experience 
But if you've never done this, that's probably a good time to reach out to Cameron or reach out to, you know, an agency who has it, who, who can kind of go over because the search is not the same as a bomb dog search no. or something. So, Mm-mm. you know, instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, just reach out to, to a, somebody who's done it and uh, kind of pick their brain. Doesn't mean you gotta go train with them, but you know, a couple of phone calls and, and figure out some things, maybe have them come look at your dog when you're up and running. So I think uh, you know networking is be uh, be your friend on this. Like, it, like it's it always huge, is. and we're and we're putting together a group. You know, for those that are interested, we're putting together a group, and our whole goal is to share the intel with each other when it comes to electronic media detection. So this group is consisting of agencies and and handlers from all over the world who are working together to help each other out with all of these different types of criminal cases. Now, like I said again, beyond just the sexual side or, or the sure. child molesting kind sure. of things. It's far more expansive than that. And we've come together as a group and we email each other when we need to. And again, like you said, I am happy to share with any law enforcement agency this information that was done through research. And, and I'm happy to let you read the, this information. Again, it has to be a bona fide law enforcement agency that gets this information because it is still considered confidential, but we are allowed to share it to these agencies yeah. so they can see because we're in a pioneer period of electronics detection. You know, like I said, Connecticut state police got the ball rolling. It's evolved already since then. And the Dutch police took it that next step further. And, and then I get, I know yeah. in a few more years, It'll there'll be, be a change again because sure. this is what we have to adapt to with yep. technology. So, you know, people don't, the, the big thing that you have to change your mindset on is, you know, like you said, doing bomb and drug dogs for years, we were always like, well, this is the way to do it. You know, and there's a lot of this is the way versus this is a way. Well, in electronics, we have to understand it's a very different way of working the dog. Imprinting is a very different way because of what we're imprinting on and what it does chemically. So we have to understand that, okay, I'm going to come at this as a brand, even though I've had, you know, I did this with, you know, late in 20 years of experience, you know, 27 years experience, I had to go, okay, let me look at this differently and take it all in. Cause I was convinced before TPPO was the way to go. I was one of those guys. Hell yeah. That's the way to go. This is the way to do it. And then when I was presented actual hard proof data with, you know, numerous dogs being trained this newer way and seeing significantly better results that changed my mind. And it made me go, you know what, I'm going to adapt. I'm going to make these changes. And I clearly see strong success from yeah, this. So it's yeah. not anything personal. You just have no, to be going, just, you know what, I'm ready to evolve. Yep, I can make the change better. I need to make. Yep, exactly, yeah. exactly. Well, you know, I like to keep these uh, about 30 minutes. I think we've covered this pretty well. Yeah. I, I appreciate it. We've talked a, a minute ago about, uh, you know, the networking and stuff. And of course, mm-hmm. I always want to throw in that if you want to do some networking, HITS is a good place to do it. We're going to be in Orlando at the in August so we'll be in Orlando. Cameron's going to be there teaching some classes. Mm-hmm. Lots of guys uh, will be there. You can sit down, talk to the instructors, get to know everybody. So check out hitscanine.net and uh, stop by Cameron. He'll, he can talk to more about this. And I'll put Cameron's uh, information in the show notes, like always. And uh, I think if you just email Cameron with uh, like your yep. law enforcement email address on there, he'll be, you know, he'll be free to share some of this information with you. So absolutely, uh, as always, Cameron, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, this is good information and hopefully, uh, you know, get some guys to think about maybe uh, starting their, this in their own uh, unit. Absolutely. No, and I'm glad to help. And again, thank you for having me coming on. And like you said, the website, they just go to Ford 9com 
It's F-O-R-D-K number nine dot com. Uh, all the contact information is there and everything else they want to go see. Excellent. And we'll put that in the show notes too. So thanks, Cameron. I'll talk to you real soon. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. That's going to do it for this episode of Hits Canine Radio. I hope you enjoyed this show. I think there's a lot of good information and possibly it'll be uh, the next kind of dog you're going to end up training for your agency. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, good use coming out of those types of dogs. I want to remind everybody that hitscanine.net is where you go to get all the information about our HITS seminar, which will be uh, in Orlando, Florida this year. So in August, we'll be in Orlando, Florida for HITS 2022. And as always, I have a bunch of vendors that are going to be there. So just to name a few, we'll have American Aluminum, Julius Canine, Dogtra, ScentLogics, Animet Dog Food. They've been coming several years. Great group of people give you a lot of information about their dog food. Kong is a longtime supporter. I think they've been to every single HITS seminar. They give away a lot of great stuff to all of our handlers. And uh, Mark is there and he'll answer a lot of questions and is an outstanding trainer in his own right. So you can learn how to use Kong uh, products to benefit your own training. Lots of great vendors, lots of great networking with all the different vendors. And of course, uh, Ray Allen Manufacturing will be there in mass with a lot of equipment and a lot of uh, good ideas, uh, showing some of the new equipment they have, a lot of good training ideas. So that's just to name a few. We'll keep talking about them as uh, we get a little closer. Hits k9.net for all the information on that. Thanks and be safe.